episode 187 of the HHH Racing Podcast is brought to you in part by the Adelphi Racing Club. Adelphi Racing Club, offering a truly personal racing experience. Looking to own thoroughbred racehorses and win at the highest level circuits? We're not just a syndicate, and our members aren't just investors. We are partners. Experience the Adelphi difference. Join the club today. Contact us to get a taste of the Adelphi experience and come hang with us this Saratoga meet. And now let's start episode 187 of the HHH Racing Podcast. Good evening and welcome to episode 187 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your proud host, Howard Kravitz. Thanks for joining us on a beautiful Thursday evening. And the reason why it is beautiful is very simple. It is opening weekend at Keeneland Racecourse in Lexington, Kentucky. And we are here to talk about a crazy good pick five sequence, all stakes pick five sequence. With Breeders' Cup win and you're in implications this Saturday. Please make sure you subscribe on the right-hand side of the screen. Also hit that notification bell, which will tell you when new content will arrive. I have looked at some analytics, and I've seen that about uh, 75% of you do not have your notification bell turned on. So please turn that bell on so that you know when new content will pop up on this show, because we have new content coming on all the time, especially in the next six weeks, and then also smash that like button. We'd really appreciate that as well. Of course, you can reach me on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter, at hkravitz on my name tag. And at the bottom of the screen, you'll see my email scrolling, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. Of course, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Anchor as well. The Power Picks, formerly the Race Day blog, now is the time. We've talked about it all week. Now is the time to go ahead and subscribe if you haven't done it. It comes every Saturday. It's only $16 for the entire month. There are ABC grids. We've hit pick fours, pick fives. We've given out on those power picks along with almost a $2.50 ROI on our spot plays, a lot of price plays. It is a great tool. Again, how to sign up? You go to patreon.com. You can see on the... Uh, banner there, or also look below the video player for detailed information on how you can sign up through patreon.com backslash HHH Racing Podcast. Do that right now. And you can get more details about not only Power Picks, but a lot of other things about this show if you go to our website, hhhracingpodcast.com. Very simple. Uh, we have uh, a fantastic lineup. Uh, coming up not only tonight, but this Saturday, we are live 4.30 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Again, 4.30 to 6 p.m. Eastern this Saturday for live coverage of the three grade ones at Keeneland. Our live shows have had thousands, literally thousands of viewers. We get to see your reaction live, my reaction live, 
talk about these huge races leading into the Breeders' Cup, check us out Saturday right here on the HHH Racing Podcast, 4.30 p.m. Eastern. And finally, before I bring on my co-host, I'm very proud, and I talked about this Tuesday and also mentioned this on Twitter. We have some new official sponsors, Hawthorne Racecourse and Stable Duel. Welcome as new official sponsors of the HHH Racing Podcast. We talked about Stable Duel with Bree Mott last week. We also mentioned about Stable Duel Tuesday. And tonight, we'll have a short segment with Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse talking about their stakes program uh, for this late fall season and also some fantastic contests they have through Hawthorne Racecourse. You do not want to miss it. All right. I believe I took care of all the particulars. Well, let me bring on my co-host from the East Coast in the Saratoga Special, Mr. Paul Halloran. And from Maryland, Pete Visco. Gentlemen, I am so excited. It is Keeneland opening up. What's, What's up, up fellas? How's it going? Howard, you got to tell those people who don't hit the notifications. I mean, we don't want to do it, but we will go door to door to remind people. <laughs> wow. You better, you deserve a Paul Howard. That's right. Listen, you know, it's a lot easier. When you have if analytics. I show up, I'm going to want a coffee or muffin or cocktail <laughs> or something. All right. Paul, if you and I have your location, Bella, Paul will come to your house. He's got the, he's got the HHH racing podcast private jet. He will fly Let's all go. across the country to make sure you got that bell on. Uh, that's the great thing about uh, uh, YouTube. I can find a lot of uh, detailed stats. Guys, we don't want to mess around tonight. We're going to jump right in to the handicapping uh, of the late pick five uh, on at Keelan on Saturday. It's an all-stakes pick five. It uh, It's races six through ten. It does not, and we'll, we'll say this a few times, guys, it does not end with the last race. It actually ends with the penultimate race on the card, which is race ten. Uh, guys, this sequence is fantastic. And to help us guide through the late pick five is a gentleman. He's been on this show before, but it's been a minute. He's very popular on YouTube. He throws great content out there. He's uh, from Minnesota. He is known as the Derbyologist. Let's bring him on, Mr. Craig Johnson. Craig, great to have you on the show again. How are you, sir? Great, great. And, yes, opening weekend of Keeneland racing as it was meant to be, Howard. <laughs> Have you been there, Craig? Have you been to Keeneland before? Uh, yes, I've been to Keeneland a couple of times, uh, only once for live racing. Been to the library many times, though, and gotten some good resource materials, and have been to the Keeneland uh, September sale. Uh, oh. So, yes, definitely some good experiences at Keeneland. I've, I've, I've walked by the library, and I've been told that and I've been there about three times, and I've been told it's a real shame that I've not been inside it. So I plan – I'm going to the BCBC – uh, next month, uh, Craig. So I'm competing in that tournament during the Breeders' Cup. I'm going to make a point to check out that library. It's the best horse racing library in the world, basically, correct? From what I can gather, yes. It's got a lot of great uh, historical books. It's got out-of-print books. It's got old editions of the Blood Horse and Thoroughbred Record. And, and yeah, it's just great to kind of spend some time in there and look at some horse racing history. Craig, before we get on to the uh, pick five, Talk to everyone a little bit about yourself. You haven't been on the show for uh, many months here. Uh, I'm familiar with you on YouTube, but tell people where they can find your content and very quickly how you got into producing horse racing content on YouTube in the first place. Uh, yeah, I've been producing for about three years now on YouTube. Uh, started really with a Twitter handle, and that's at Derbyologist. And if you go to YouTube and just search uh, Derbyologist, you'll find me. But 
you know, one of the things I like to emphasize is the Triple Crown season. A lot of preview videos of all of the uh, leading up to the Kentucky Derby and the Kentucky Oaks and then kind of Breeders' Cup and then kind of just some random uh, graded stakes races throughout the year. So, you know, check it out. Uh, you know, I think one of the things I like to emphasize is that, you know, it's kind of fun to just listen while you're handicapping to other people that have uh, horse racing opinions. And you kind of maybe if you hear something, you, you circle it or you put a check mark by it. And, you know, I, I'm not really out there trying to pick, you know, 80% winners, but if I can every now and then uh, mention a horse that either makes you think twice to use it or kind of put a little pause if, if I've got a negative comment, uh, I think that's what I'm trying to do. And what I like about your content, Craig, is that it is very short. And I we go longer with our shows, but for people that don't have the time, your videos are what, usually between three minutes, seven minutes around there. So sort of quick hitters. Obviously we have longer content with and different type of content with guests and whatnot, but it's nice that there's that type of variety on YouTube and your particular content, especially is for people that just don't have the time or to watch or listen to these longer shows. Yeah. I think a lot of people actually listen to YouTube, uh, you know, on their mobile phones. And so they just put in headphones. I'm not even, you really don't have to watch it. It's a video platform, but, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, there's a lot of good horse racing content out there. And I think when you kind of mix and match the forms and see some of the different guests that you have and then kind of, you know, take a look at some of the other channels out there, I think it gives people a different variety on how they want to consume their horse racing content. Well, your, your content's fantastic. People should uh, definitely follow uh, Craig or Duriologist Johnson on YouTube. All right, guys, we're going to jump right in. Let, let's just get right to it. Uh, we got five big races to cover. They're all stakes. And then after that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, especially if you're watching live or whether you're listening later um, on one of our listening platforms, we will have Jim Miller coming on live from Hawthorne Racecourse to talk about their fantastic stakes they have coming up and contest play as well. Let me go ahead and share my screen. Uh, of course, we're going to be sharing that Equibase information. Craig, Craig, you're, as our special guest, you're always going to be going first. Let me go ahead and turn off the banner. Uh, hold on just one second. Let me, where is my banner? It's at the top. Okay, like I've done this before. Here we go. I'll do that. And I'm also, I'll bring up our picks here in just a second. Ladies and gentlemen, the late pick five on Saturday opens up with the Woodford Stakes presented by FanDuel. It's a grade two, $350,000. These are three-year-olds and up, and it's on the turf. They're going five and a half furlongs. They're sprinting. And there is a name, Craig, that everyone knows very well. One of the stars of the day in this nine-horse field. The huge one-line favorite, number four. Golden Pal, Wesley Ward, Irad Ortiz. He's fast. He's one of the best turf sprinters in the country. He'll be pointing to the Breeders' Cup. And as I bring up my picks, let's see if Craig Johnson is going to start us off with the big favorite. As we're going to see. And Craig is not. He's saying, oh, no, 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 Golden Pal. I think you're going to get beat this Saturday. You are going with the eight horse, and that would be, I'll put it on screen here, uh, Charcoal at 15 to 1 morning line. Talk about this horse, Craig. Uh, yes, I wanted to talk about Charcoal here. And, of course, Golden Pal is definitely going to be 4 to 5, maybe even 3 to 5. But when I started looking at Golden Pal uh, the last time, you know, I think there was some people that were kind of questioning. He kind of held on late winning that race. 
But, uh, you know, I know this. he took back a little bit in that race. I think he's going to be more forwardly placed in this Woodford Stakes, which means if you kind of when I was looking at charcoal, I, I didn't want to go with the obvious contenders to beat Golden Pal. I wanted to kind of get a little bit of an outsider because I thought if Golden Pal Golden Pal could be beat, I wanted to go with a little bit of a closer. And I think Charcoal's best races are when he comes a little bit further back. When he's closer to the pace, he tends to fade. And when he starts off third and fourth and kind of closes down the lane. So, yes, I'm going to start it off with a 15 to one shot, uh, respecting the ability of Golden Pal, who's won Breeders' Cup uh, two times now. Uh, Craig, is, is this more a matter of you don't think Golden Pal is going to be cranked up? Or do you think the trip is just not going to work out for Golden Pal? I'm just hoping that the trip doesn't work out for him. Uh, I think Charcoal has ran against all of these horses. And I think he's going to be the one that kind of floats up because he's been more inconsistent. He's got a little bit dirtied up form. So I'm just hoping that he can work out a better trip than Golden Pale. And I'm hoping he can lay about four to five lengths off at the half mile pole. Got it. Uh, let's go to Paul. And, and Craig, you have a friend in Paul Halloran. <laughs> because Paul Halloran has been saying for weeks that he thinks Golden Pal might be tailing off a little bit. And uh, Paul, at least as of the last few weeks, would said, uh, said he would bet against Golden Pal a month from now. And Paul, you're betting against Golden Pal again, um, or not again, but you know before the Breeders' Cup, with this Flavian Pratt-ridden, Mark Cassie-trained Catamosto, the nine horse. Yeah, I feel silly only taking a 10-to-1 shot to beat him with Craig. <laughs> Craig has a 15-to-1 shot. I feel like I took a chalk horse to beat him. Yeah, I mean, there's a few stats that don't go this horse's way, but I do think he ran pretty well last time. I mean, I, I think we all agree Big Invasion is a is a very serious uh, turf sprinter. Uh, that's right, came out of that race. He ran like sixth. He came out to win the turf monster at Parks uh, a few weeks ago, which – wasn't a loaded race, but still is always a pretty good race. Uh, I think Golden Pal, uh, as Craig mentioned, I think he is best when he just goes. And I think Artemis City Limits could cause him just enough troubles. That horse is pretty fast. And, you know, he may not be able to beat him uh, to the turn, but, you know, he might make him go faster than he wants to. You know, hey, look, I, as Greg said, he's going to be four to five. He might be three to five. I'm looking for an alternative, and I will go with uh, my guy Flavian as the alternative. Uh, Pete, you and I are not messing around in this race. I really wanted to bet, or not bet, I really wanted to pick against Golden Pal. But Pete, I mean, even when he's, what, the last race you can make the argument that he was 85% what he usually is, and I don't know why, maybe he is tailing off. This is just a horse that I'm just not trying to beat here, and you're not either. No, and I think, yeah, I think if the field would have came up a little bit deeper, a little bit, you know, someone else who just looks on paper like it would be in his class, then I, I agree, maybe it would be a good time to take a shot against him. I just don't know if this is the crop that can do it. Now, again, if he does come up short, and if, like Paul said, Artemis City Limits does go out and sort of contest him and, and sort of wears him down early, then, of, of course. But Golden Powell, if he runs his race, and again, if maybe if this was another track, but he loves Keeneland, three for three, as you could see. It's obviously his preferred distance. So uh, he's got so many factors going for him 
that it just seemed like a tough one to take a shot this time. But again, I don't, I don't begrudge either one of either Craig or Paul, because maybe this is the time, maybe golden pal is on the downswing and this is the one you catch him because you can definitely get a price. And if you can hit something in the pick five to knock golden pal out, man, you're already starting off with a, with a bomb potential payment at the end of it. So, so I don't begrudge anybody for trying to do it. I just didn't like anyone enough to try myself. Well, that's the big question to me in this sequence is how, if you think Golden Pal can lose, how deep do you go? Because you are investing, you don't want to invest too much money to try to beat Golden Paul, uh, Pal unless you just think he's on the way down. Guys, I've got Gear Jockey second. I've always been a big fan of this horse. Uh, he won for me um, last year uh, at Kentucky Downs at a price. And he's been a little bit up and down this year. I'd say he's been a bit disappointing. But there's a few things I like about this horse, guys. Uh, Rusty Arnold, as I'm sure all of you know, pranks up for Keeneland. And he's a very good trainer. The, Keeneland is like his Saratoga or, you know, whatever. You know, Baffert, San Nito, whatever you want to say. Um, if this horse is going to run a big race, I think it's going to be uh, on Saturday. He's very capable. He's not as good as Golden Pal, but he has run big numbers in the past. And, Craig, I sort of like your point about Golden Pal would be beat off the pace. I think Gear Jockey is going to sit that great charcoal kind of trip, like right off the lead. And who knows if things work out, maybe Gear Jockey can run a big race. Get Saez on, by the way, who has not been on him very much. I like that angle. They've rested him up. Guys, it almost feels like this is Gear Jockey's Breeders' Cup to me. So I'm going to be using him fairly strongly, actually, as a B. Of course, all of our ABC picks will be uh, on our power picks. Uh, of course, that everyone can subscribe to. I'm going four, five, six. Last thing we'll mention very quickly, Oceanic, guys. I have no idea where that last came from, the last race at Colonial, but he got a 100 buyer. I mean, if, if he can somehow replicate that, he's a factor. Um, I'm not sure he's going to. He's very much of a one-number type right now, but I don't know. These turf sprinters can get good all of a sudden. I'll throw him in the mix, but I think it really surrounds around golden pal any other quick thoughts before we move on yeah i was just gonna say i had a really awesome stat on gear jockey rusty arnold at the in the money in turf sprints at keeneland 22 for 22 so that goes for your your little underneath trifecta that's whoa that's a pretty amazing stat i got the pps can you say that again pete yep in the money in turf sprints at keeneland rusty arnold 22 for 22 i mean it doesn't get much wow. better than that. If, so if you can, if you could beat Golden Pal in your, I know how you like to, you know, sort of put a horse underneath in the try. And um, if you threw this one underneath and actually jumped up at a price and maybe you caught somebody to beat Golden Pal, then you, you obviously know this one's fin- or you're going to jinx it and be the first one to make him run out of the money, which is probably more likely. But um, that was a crazy stat. I had to make sure we mentioned it, especially because you were talking about gear jockey. Pete, that is an unbelievable stat. Paul, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you have last word for him in the next race. You've been saying all along that you don't think Golden Pal is on the is on the way down. Was it just the last race? Is it a gut feeling? What what that's a pretty strong statement because he won last time, I think not I won't say he wasn't trying as hard, but I mean what what gives you that vibe, Paul? And again, he he's starting from a pretty high point. You know, I'm yes. not I'm not suggesting he's gonna be running at Penn National two weeks from Friday. <laughs> uh but I I think it you know he he ran very poorly at Ascot, uh, although there was some type of malfunction I there, guess at the at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And, you know, that, that was a, a fairly weak race, uh, that Saratoga race. And, uh, you know, he had all he could do to get, Hey, look, if, if he beats me, I'm getting beat by a three to five shot. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to, uh, to, to get paid if I happen to be right. And I'll give you a Pete and I like the nine Pete, but I'll give you a negative stat on my own horse. Mark Cassie, <laughs> first time Mark Cassie after a trainer switch on in turf stakes, four for 65. So oh, awesome. I'm, I'm bucking that. I'm, <laughs> I'm peeing right in. I'm peeing right into that. Hey, one. it's not zero for 65. So at least four times yeah. it happens. So, you know, any, anything can happen. Once. I, I wonder why Howard Rusty Arnold didn't run this horse in the Kentucky Downs race as he did last year. Craig, do you have any, uh, I want to move on to the next race guys, but Craig, any thoughts? I mean, he won the race last year, Kentucky Downs. Maybe the horse needed more rest. Maybe he thought this race would come up lighter. I mean, I don't know. Any guess, uh, Craig, on that question? Uh, no real guess. It was a little bit surprising when he wasn't at Kentucky Downs. The only thing is, is remember there was a rumor that Golden Pale was going to try dirt, so maybe he thought he could get this grade two without yeah. Golden Pale in it. That That's Good a great point. point. There was talk that Golden Pale was going to run in the Phoenix uh, tomorrow on Friday. Uh, but they, they 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 backed off that. Craig, I think that's an excellent point. Maybe they just didn't think Golden Pal would be in this spot on Saturday. Guys, let's go on to the next race. The next race, which I find very interesting, this is the first win and you're in race on Saturday at Keeneland. I think they've got like eight of them or something over the weekend starting tomorrow. It's crazy. This is a third by Club of America. It's a grade two. This is, again, $350,000. Let me go ahead and switch our picks there. It's for the girls, three-year-olds and up, six furlongs. You can see the field uh, right there. It's a field of nine, led by the morning line favorite. The number seven slammed a New Mexico bread. How about that? For Todd Fincher and Florent Giroux. And Craig, of course, this uh, – well, I know Todd Fincher, I believe, trained Senior Buscador, who won uh, the ACAC uh, last week. So this guy knows – how to train. Let's go ahead and bring up the PPs here. And you can see on the picks, I thought I was being uh, quite clever, Craig, in this race by going with a horse that, you know, I didn't think a lot of people would necessarily like. And then I get everyone's picks and you like this horse and Pete likes this horse. And I guess I wasn't that clever. Uh, Caribbean caper, five, one morning line stall and Jose Ortiz, Craig fire away. Yeah. Some of the, uh, tough, hard knocking kind of fillies and mare sprinters in this race. You know, we've heard the names throughout the year. We've had club car, uh, like Finland. we've got Sconson, uh, you've got, you know, some new shooters, but you know, as you mentioned, I did want to take a little bit of a price here and I'm not sold yet that Caribbean caper is actually going to be this long of a price. I have a feeling a lot of people are going to see some of the things that I like here. Uh, I was really high on this horse coming into 2022 and then uh she just never hit the track and one prep now goes back to keeneland uh some good speed figures last year some high class races uh sconson may be a little bit over the top and i uh, you know club car always runs a race but i thought maybe caribbean caper still had a little bit of upside so that's what i wanted to get that seven to two maybe four to one price and then you've got uh, the number three, who you mentioned, Club Car, in second. This horse just always runs well. Has Irad, Ben Colbrook, an excellent trainer. Um, looks to me probably more of an underneath type, though, Craig. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, four seconds at Keeneland. Irad Ortiz rides. 
does have some sneaky speed if nobody wants to go on with it. So some of her pace fractions, that was the other thing I noticed too with uh, Caribbean Caper is that if you look at the time form uh, pace figures, based on her numbers as a three-year-old, there's still maybe a chance that she could uh, pop a new top here and be competitive with this group. But I do think Club Car could have the lead at the half-mile pole. Okay. Um, I know, Pete, you agree with him. Uh, Paul, actually, let's talk about the two a little bit. Pete, you and I both have this horse in second. We just, Matthew Chamorro just mentioned that um, she actually broke through the gate last time, and it's not mentioned uh, in the short comments. For a horse to break through and win is pretty impressive. And Paul Lobo's got this four-year-old filly by American Pharaoh in raging form. She's quick. She's got an inside post. She's got Pratt. This is OXO Equine. I think she's a major factor here. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, I like the, obviously you like the pickup of Pratt that, that never hurts. And you can't, you can't really argue with the, with those crazy buyer jumps. I mean, 96, 97, you expect some improvement maybe from three to four, but you know, a 20, 24, 25 buyer jump. That's, that's pretty outstanding. The only thing I didn't, the only thing that had me on the fence was the, um, both of those wins were in sort of slow paces, as you can see by the blue fractions. And then I think the field two back, I had a note, the field two back was pretty bad, or at least it came out bad when, when they, they ran their next out. So I'm not sure if it, it's not, doesn't look a little bit better than it is, but I mean, this is a $575,000 horse. It's, it's came back this year in just raging form. It's a hard one to leave off. You put Pratt on it, you know, Pratt's going to get, her in, in good position. So to me, and, and at four to one, I mean, a lot of times you would see someone with that much of a buyer advantage and, you know, two pretty nice wins. You would think maybe they'd even be lower odds than that. So I was thinking, Hey, four to one, that's not a bad price. So. Uh, we ain't getting four to one. Uh, no, no, no. Hard. But I mean, I think at least the, the, just based on the morning line, I think it'll yeah. be a little closer to, you know, it'll be a little more balanced than maybe this one just being a big, you know, a big favorite because of those crazy buyer numbers. I was going to mention to Pete Craig that, uh, my good friend, Nick Tamaro is doing the morning lines at Keelan. Congratulations to Nick Tamaro. Paul, I know you were in contact with him. I think it was today or, or yep. yesterday. Um, I, nothing against Mike Battaglia, but, but Nick Tamro is great, uh, Craig. And I'm curious to see how those morning lines look at Keelan this week. Yeah, I think a lot of handicappers are going to, you know, they use the, the morning line to kind of put out some of their uh, ABC grids. And I think, you know, Nick has shown in the past that he can create a good morning line. So I think he's going to be a welcome addition uh, for handicappers, especially a lot of the players playing nationwide because I think he has a good national scope on a lot of these horses. So he's not going to be too tied to the local scene, which I think uh, Mike might've been over the last few years. Craig, I think that is an excellent point. You got horses coming in from all over the country and Nick has seen these horses run and has an eye all over the country. That's a really good point uh, by you, Craig. Slammed uh, Paul. Slammed is going to have something to say about Palm Cottage. That's a concern for me. And I don't know if you are playing it that way, but you are going to go with the number nine who Paul, I looked at the source really carefully, happy soul. I almost put him higher than I have right now. I have him as a C mainly because I just have so much respect for Wesley Ward at Keeneland, but his dirt form really, I mean, it has a lot to be desired. I guess you're thinking this is a three old Philly who's improving, who might pop a big number on the, uh, uh, dirt, uh, along with that turf number last time. 
Yeah, well, Wesley's pretty good turf to dirt. I just think it's about the trip. Um, and, and, you know, you talk about Nick. Proof Craig is in the pudding when he makes the New Mexico bread. The mo- I think he makes him the morning line favorite, right? Yeah. Oh, her, her, yeah. her. Sorry. Her, Uh-oh. Her. Wait a minute. First is, well, hold on a second. The ching. Get the, the swear ching. jar. Craig, oh, we've got God. a little uh, thing that we – some of our co-hosts have issues with the – naming the correct sex of the horse, and we've, we've got a mystery swear jar around somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Paul is but the that, serial uh, wrong sex horse kind of guy. But anyway, go ahead, Paul. Yeah, the, the one thing Craig referenced, and, and I am 1,000% in on I will not have one penny on Sconson in this race. And this is, yeah, this is a hard-trying horse, but she really had no excuse last time. And, nah, she, you know, she's she, done. She, she's danced all the dance. Look at her form. Yeah. There's, you know. 19 starts, six, you know, she, she's been terrific. She's going to go over a million dollars in earnings yeah. very likely in this race, but I want no part of her. Uh, and I think she'll be below that eight to one number, by the way, a, a, a race in Kentucky. I think she's still going to get bet. Okay. And I think this, you know, I don't know. I'm just supposed to try to beat the New Mexico bread. If she's the favorite. I think you so. Know. So I think okay. that I think happy soul Gets the right trip. I get uh, my man Johnny V in from New York. Uh, I think coming off the Kentucky Downs turf, uh, you know that's certainly not going to hurt. That'll put that'll put a little bottom in you running <laughs> running in that. And uh, I just think she has the potential to sit a trip. And I think six to one or around there would be a fair number. So that's where I landed. Paul, remind us again how many turns that six and a half furlong uh, 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 configuration at Kentucky Downs is. No, it's not the turns. It's the hills. It's four hills. Four hills. Okay. Four hills. Sorry about that. <laughs> I had a few turns, some semi-turns, I believe. Um, guys, I agree with many of you. I really like Caribbean Caper, and I'm really interested to see what price she's going to be. This is exactly the kind of line I love, guys. She was a very progressive three-year-old, right? Just getting better and better. Won the dogwood. Very easily. I don't know what happened. I don't know if any of you have the inside scoop. Obviously, there was a big issue. She was off almost a year. But Windsor decided to bring her back. And that last race, guys, has to be just a prep. They went very fast. She was up close. She got four or five lengths out of that race. She's been working bullets since. I think she's going to sit right off the pace. I don't think she – I think she'll be about seven to two. I love her in this spot, guys. I think she's going to run a big, big race. Uh Craig, we've got a big fan. Trish Smith loves to see Duriologists on the show. Loves your shows, Craig. Trish is from Lexington. So All shout right, out, Trish. Uh, shout out. And by the way, shout out to Trish, guys. I don't know if you know, but they the uh, Horse Players Happy Hour playoffs started today through In the Money Media. There were 80 people competing, and the top 40 advanced. And Trish advanced. I think she finished like 30th. So congratulations, oh, congratulations to Trish. Congratulations, Trish. Trish. Uh, it goes down to like 40 next week, 20 the following week. And the last week, uh, 10 people are vying for a BCBC spot. So good luck to Trish Smith, who does really well with those $2 mythical win uh, place contests. And Trish is a big fan of this show. We greatly uh, appreciate it. Along with Christine Race, who looks forward to today's uh, handicapping. So, Craig, we've got a lot of different types of audience members here watching. We're, we're, we're very happy about that. Let's move on to the next race, guys. As I go ahead and flip uh, some switches here, let's go there. Okay. The next race, race eight. This is the third race of the uh, pick five on Saturday. It's the first lady. One of my favorite stake races of the year, actually, at Keeneland, 
because it's always usually a loaded field. As you see our picks coming up here at the bottom of the screen right now, this is unfortunately, guys, maybe I shouldn't say unfortunately, Craig, but this is another Chad Brown Invitational. You've got three of the six runners trained by Chad Brown. These are talented, older, three-year-old and up Phillies going one mile, a, a three-quarter of a million dollar uh, purse for these girls. More line favorite, pretty heavy one. The extremely talented number five, Regal Glory, of course, trained by Chad. This one's going to be written by Jose Ortiz. All of us except uh, Pete are going to go with this horse. Craig, talk about this race, and most importantly, who do you think is going to go to the lead? How is it going to shape out? I'm sure it's whoever Chad tells in the paddock to go to the lead is going to have the lead, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, it's kind of a little bit of a jockey's race. I think we saw at Saratoga – Chad Brown was able to get uh, two or three winners at that meet over five, six to one by just kind of going wire to wire with horses that people weren't expecting to go to the lead. So you've got in Italian coming off a big effort wire to wire in her last race. And then you've got technical analysis who probably consistently has shown the most speed. And then you've got Regal Glory, who is the closer of the group, faced the boys the last time. That last race was a little bit hard for me to handicap because I wasn't sure that she put in her best race. But then I started re-watching re that race and looking at the form on Casa Creed and and maybe she ran her race and maybe Casa Creed is just one of the time of the year. And I'm going to go with technical analysis setting the pace. I think an in Italian got an easier lead the last time than she'll get this time. And so I think it does set up for Regal Glory, who probably has the the best quarter mile closing kick. You see real glory on the outside getting a three wide trip and Casa Creed, who's in the race, uh, a later race we're going to talk about comes over the top. I mean, real glory ran perfectly fine. Like you said there in the Peter brand silks. Um, I don't think you can really knock anything. I think you analyzed it very well. Uh, so you think technical analysis is going to have the lead and what in Italian is going to stalk off of that. And real glory off of that is that is that how you see it, uh, Craig? Uh, yeah, I think in Italian uh, stalking, and I think Regal Glory is going to pull back a little bit and and make a closing run. I I think this. I don't think they need to win this race. I think this is more of her prep and technical analysis. You know, she can fire some big races. So, and I think her best races are on the front end. It's very interesting. I have absolutely no idea. I, Craig, I will say I was a bit, I embarrassed myself a bit this summer and I apologize because there was a particular race, I don't remember which one, I don't really care, where Chad Brown had three or four and someone wired the field. I think it was a horse that Paul actually liked, maybe it was Pete, so credit to them. Um, and the horse had no business being on the lead, but obviously Chad told the others to take back. And it's so hard to determine, Craig, when you have these multiple horses coming out of the same barn, what's going to happen. So let me go to Pete Visco here. Pete, you've got um, an Italian. I'm, I'm guessing you think an Italian will be on the lead um, like she was in the Diana. Um, maybe she's just getting better. Maybe she's the now horse uh, out of this group. Yeah, that's my hope. <clears throat> I mean, I know you're biased against anything Italian like we talk about every show, what? right, Paul? So Can we please so stop saying that? I Never, never, never. I'm not, you chased away the Contis. We don't see them in the comments anymore. No, I'm just kidding. But no, I like, I, I just think this horse, yeah, I'm hoping that this horse is getting better. 
she she was she was lights out last week. I mean, it wasn't the you know, she got a relatively easy lead, but it was it was quick. I mean, you could see by the red fractions there. So I'm hoping that she gets on the lead technical analysis. Sometimes I do think that horse does run better on the lead, but doesn't always do it and doesn't always run her race. So I'm hoping an Italian goes, they're not going to have two, you know, two chads aren't going to battle it out on the lead for sure. So I'm hoping in Italian is the one who goes technical analysis sits off in Italian just is better in the end. And then Regal glory has a little bit too much to do. That's where I'm going. But for me, it's a, I like four or five. I mean, you can't knock anything against Regal glory. She's been fantastic. So it's more of a play on in Italian and hoping she gets the trip. Oh, real quick, by the way, Christine had a yeah. Fantastic. Oh, we're, we're both hitting the button probably. I'll no, I'm it. not touching it. Go ahead. How about on Mother's Day? Have Pete host an all-female handicapping show. Now that's something Ooh. I can get behind finally. I like that idea. So, we, uh, let's do I, it, Christine. I, uh, Christine, it's a great idea. And I will – I don't want to – I don't, I don't want to present this right now, but we are going to have a very, very special show coming up in the next few weeks before the Breeders' Cup just on the basics of hand, not the basics, but it's just going to be all about handicapping. It's going to be completely open. Anyone can ask any question about uh, any types of handicapping, vertical, horizontal. If you're a beginner, if you're advanced, you want to talk about ticket construction, you want to talk about anything at all, it's going to be a Q&A show strictly about handicapping. I don't want to say who our guest is going to be, but Pete and Paul, I think know who the guest is going to be. And this guy is fantastic. So uh, we are going to have strictly Christine, a handicapping show, not necessarily about the breeders cup horses themselves, but just sort of a general, anything about handicapping. So Christine, we like your idea. We'll, we'll take that into account when it comes around mother's day, Paul, you're also going with real glory. All right, Paul, who goes to the lead, who stalks, who sits, do we have any clue? It doesn't really matter. Or is that a stupid question? Um, I, I think I'm with Craig. I, I think technical analysis might be going to the lead. But either way, I think Regal Glory, it's going to be technical analysis. And, you know, probably in Italian, you know, based on how uh, she has been running. Um, I, I looked at this race like this is a – if there has to be a, an opportunity to, to go skinny somewhere and you'll see when we get to the pick five tickets, I, uh, the caveman, I actually singled the source. Obviously I think any one of those three can win, but in this type of sequence, you know, uh, you, you have to narrow down somewhere. Uh, you know, I, I think Casa Creed is in really good form. I was, I did not like her. I was kind of, I kind of had this idea in my head that uh, Casa Creed was a uh, one-turn specialist, and then he goes and wins that four-star Dave last time. He runs by Regal Glory. So, but I think he's in very good form. We'll talk about him later. But yeah. uh, I, you know, again, that's a pretty you know that's a second against the boys in in a Grade One at Saratoga. Regal Glory is coming. Yeah. Off. So uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to go with that one but you know we've seen the other chad or the other other chad win a million times so don't be surprised um i will say i don't know if this is going to figure in my handicapping but of those three technical analysis is the only one that does not have a grade one uh this is a grade one right i believe on double check that yeah so (laughs) guys i just i just want to say it uh that i don't think technical analysis is as good as the other two but if she walks on the lead 
that would not shock me whatsoever. So yep. I, I really do think an Italian is going to have the lead, guys. And I think Tentacle will be right off it. And I think Real Glory will be making the last run. I think Real Glory is just the most talented horse. Is she tailing off? I don't think so. Um, and I would actually go – I would consider going to the Breeders' Cup mile with this horse. I don't know if she would have a chance. But when we look at the boys' race coming up, I mean, how much worse is she than the horses in that field? And those are supposedly the best milers we have here in the States. So I don't know. I think Regal Glory is really good. I'm going with her on top. There's really not much to else uh, to add. Although, if I don't mention this horse, I'm going to kick myself. Guys, Princess Grace is a C, okay? Because you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. I've been on this horse, Craig, for the last, like, three weeks. And she's run perfectly fine, but Delika's beat her for many reasons. Maybe she's just not good enough. If she wins this race... I've got, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked, um, but she's a nice horse. Anyway, I have to mention. Princess Howard, Grace. one thing we should mention, and I know it's Thursday night and we, who knows what could happen, but yeah. um, the word is it had not been much rain in Lexington no. for a few weeks. And the anticipation at this point is the meet will start with a very firm turf course that could be yes. speed favoring. So, yeah. Uh, that is that is a good point. Uh, it's going to be actually quite cool there this weekend, but it's been sunny. It has been uh, dry, and speed can play just fine there uh, when it gets firm. And so I think that's a that's a really good point. I think we're going to see some pretty fast times there on the uh, turf this weekend. All right, guys, let's get into race ten. This race, wow, what a great no. race this is! I bring it up. You don't want to do we don't want to do the ninth today. Oh, we could do the ninth. I suppose. I didn't know if this was like non-chronology day or something else. You know I'm not good with numbers, Paul. I mean, come on. Uh, Craig, math teacher. Craig, high school math teacher, Craig. Yeah. Yeah, Well, Well, I'll tell you what. We we can go to race nine. That's a hell of a race, too, by the way. Let's go go to race nine, Paul. How's that? Uh, Race nine. The Claiborne Breeders Fraturity. This is a grade one. This is a win and you're in to the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. $600,000, two-year-olds. Males, mile the 16th on the dirt. It's a big field of 14 in the main body. And then just to throw in two more on the AE. And if the 15 Carmel Road gets in, that's a horse that you have to pay attention to. The Moyline favorite, Craig, is the three, Forte, who just won in Saratoga for Pletcher and Irad. This is a very difficult race. Let me switch the banners for everyone. You can see it's difficult based on the fact we have a lot of different horses there on the bottom of the screen. And Craig, he's the seven. Going... Uh, uh, excuse me, Mr. Numbers, he's the seven, not the three. Did I say the three? Yeah. Why did I say that? Okay. I don't know. You're, having, having, a, some you're having an off well, race. Well, let's <laughs> go to a horse that is not named after Kenny Loggins, for I understand. The number two, <laughs> Loggins, that's who you're going with. Craig, Brad Cox, Florent Drew, Monster Maiden Race, could be anything. Uh, yeah, this is definitely a race, Howard. You've got a pack of lunch for. Uh, I think you got out the snack pack, and you probably had your little cooling, <laughs> and you took some time on the 16-horse field. I agree with you. If Carmel Road gets into the body of the field, uh, he could definitely end up as the favorite or one of the top three favorites. I, uh, you know, I like to really take a long look at all of these races along the Kentucky Derby Trail, so I took some time yeah. on this race, and uh, you know, I kind of narrowed it down to two, three horses. I was impressed with Carmel Rhodes' win, but I'm not sure he's getting into the race. I also was very impressed with the 
uh, maiden breaker by uh, a horse. I think that's going to be a little bit overlooked here. Uh, you've got powerful, and then you've got Newgate, who already ran second, uh, who won the first time out, and then kind of got beat by Cave Rock in that second race. But I ended up going with Loggins mainly because of two things. I like the pedigree, and I like the fact that it was bet down in, I thought, one of the more competitive maiden special weight races of that meet. And Loggins was bet down like uh, they had ran the race before, uh, the night before in Japan. And uh, he did not disappoint, went out, went to the lead. He ran fast early. I, I call that a fast, fast pace. He ran fast early and he ran fast late. Uh, this horse is by Go Zapper out of a a blame there beyond blame. And I want to take a look at this horse because I found the breeding very interesting. I know Craig, you're, you pay attention to the breeding quite a bit, you know, because uh, you, you obviously deep dive into the Kentucky Derby. I remember this horse beyond blame mainly because I remember running at, uh, um, at Arlington. Uh, this is a turf horse, but most importantly, Craig, I personally am not too concerned about whether they're turf or dirt at this point of their career. The fact that this horse has uh, two-turn breeding, to me, really is helpful uh, in this kind of race, don't you think? I do. I, I quickly, uh, one of the things, I first thing I do, uh, looks like you did the same thing as I look to see what the mayor did. Uh, yeah. Not necessarily for class, but just to see what type of races they ran in. And then I also like to see uh, if the mayor won in their first two starts, because that shows a little bit of uh, they'll try to win early with the progeny. This sure. is the first foal as you just pulled up there. And yeah. then what I also like is the second generation uh, Forest Wildcat brings a little bit of speed on that uh, female side as well. So blame a little bit of distance, a little bit of class from Ghost Zapper. And then, yeah. you know, Brad Cox, Keeneland, and <laughs> his horses are just doing well. And they run on or near the lead in these two-year-old races and you got to handicap them into your pace scenario. Yeah, uh, very briefly, we got a lot of people watching. Uh, folks, please comment in the live chat. Peter or myself will bring up your comments uh, on the screen as much as possible. We have a, a big audience tonight uh, because of the big races here on Saturday. So we appreciate everyone watching, everyone who will be listening later on our listening platforms. But we'd love to hear all of your comments. And also, comment below the video player as well. We don't get as many comments below the video player, which is understandable because we have a live show and we have a lot of people in the chat. But you can also comment down below the video player after the show in the coming days. Craig, let's talk about your second choice, then we'll go to Pete and Paul here. Your second choice is the number five, Instant Coffee, who is five to one. I think, Craig, for me, that's a little bit low in the morning line. That's not a rip on Nick Tamaro. I'm just saying I'm not sure I'd bet him at 5-1. to one. For me, as a value line, might be a little bit low. I'm going to show um, his uh, maiden breaker. This is another horse for Cox, who won coming up the inside. I give a horse, a two-year-old, extra credit for that. Do you agree with that? And how do you feel overall about instant coffee? Uh, well, I'm, I'm glad to see that you give extra credit. That That's good. Following your school teaching instincts. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. That I, you know, that was one of the more loaded uh, Saratoga races of the meet. And, you know, there were some horses that were bet down in that race. And then that was one right after the race. Everybody said, how did they let a 
Uh, Brad Cox, first time starter, go off at 14 to one. But as you're showing here, uh, was in position and then kind of got that rail trip uh, out of the one hole. And, you know, basically the field got a little bit spread out on the turn. So I thought the fractions were good. I was very close to picking instant coffee as my top selection. I just could not uh, get past that speed figure on the, you know, my top choice, the Go Sapper progeny. But yeah, sure. instant coffee, there's, uh, there's, you know, Loggins, maybe a little bit better speed figure, but instant coffee, I think, ran against maybe better horses. I do want to mention this horse right, right here, W Hill, came back and won, guys, on Sunday, beating a nice two-year-old horse called Certified Lover Boy, partially owned by yours truly. So that was the coupled entry. I do want to, it wasn't the fastest main race, but it was a main special weight. And this four did come back and win. So I think that's important to note. Um, also, any other thoughts on this race card before I go to Pete Paul? Um, yeah, I, you know, uh, Forte is a big fade for me. I, I'm always against slop, slop, sloppy track winners. So I will okay. be feeding Forte on all of my uh, wow. uh, multi-race wagers. Okay, very good. Um, guys, we're going to go a little bit quickly here. Uh, Pete, you and I agree, sir. Um, I like this horse a lot, uh, but I'm going to let you talk about Lost Ark. And who did Lost Ark? I'm, 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 guys, I'm, I'm being a bit uh, coy here. This is Lost Ark's uh, maiden score. And look who Lost Ark beat. That's right, Certified Lover Boy, who uh, was on the lead, and it was a pretty fast pace. And I, when I saw Lost Ark, uh, win i was like wow this could be a nice source so i sort of like lost arc to win pete just so i can say that i partially own a horse uh, that lost to a grade one horse so anyway, i like it i like that, it that's my angle that's, that's like that's, in, that's like angle, in, that's like in that's sport angle, that's like in sports when you say yeah we, we don't mind if they win the title because they beat us so we could say at least we exactly. lost to the title yeah i, I get that that's whatever half whatever lets you sleep at night is good yeah so lost arc the one thing i like i mean as you can see just on paper those were pretty pretty two pretty dominant performances now the buyers didn't come up Super, but there was an improvement. And, and I do like the buyers for what they are. But the biggest thing to me was I sort of liked when you look into the breeding, I think this one's only going to get better the longer they go. I mean, the dam is 39% wins in dirt roots. And that wasn't like three out of 10. It was out of, I think, 29 or so starts. And this horse is a half to nest and idle who both obviously love going a little longer. So, I mean, that's some pretty good pedigree right there. You see the stride here, you see just sort of burying this field and pulling away. So I think this one just might have a ton of talent. I think the longer they go, the better. So I just feel like this one is primed and um, there is some speed in this race. So I feel like if the speed, especially if there's a ton of, I mean, if you look at time form, there's, there's a what? lot of I don't speed. even know how many of those are a hundred plus time form. It looks like eight or nine or so, ten, well, maybe Pete, even more. Yeah, real so Frosted Departure's got speed. Logins won't be slow. Um confidence game wants to be up close. Uh Bourbon Bash is definitely going. Yeah. Uh Newgate is definitely going. Fantastic again will show some speed. To uh, fill Red, speed uh, power. Uh, Good Heart has got the twelve hole with Gap Leone. Two fills with Love Buried Ravelli. You know they're going. I mean yep. What is powerful to do? He's got to go to something. They all have to go. This yeah. thing could completely fall apart, Pete, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's what I'm hoping for. And I think this one could sit off. It doesn't matter. I think this one could be a little bit further back, especially yeah. if it does heat up. So I just yeah. like, and then you get Pratt again. Pratt's going to work out 
probably the best trip. So I'm, I'm all in on this. So it's the only thing I didn't like. I saw a stat Pletcher is four for 27 with two year olds on the Keeneland dirt. So maybe just for some reason he doesn't have success there, but it only takes, you know, it only takes one really good horse to sort of turn all those statistics upside down. So I'm, I'm all in on this one. And I loved when I saw the six to one, cause this was one I handicapped it. No morning line odds. And I was like, I have no clue what the odds are going to be in this race. I was completely yeah. clueless. I'm, I, whoever, when they make the morning line on this one, you know, God bless them. By the way, Pete, perhaps lost arc, a very good stable duel used. At six to one, we'll very much so. as much money. And very much so. And the other thing I want to mention to everyone who's listening, this race ends mid-stretch. This is the first line finish. And you can't be that far back, Craig, as you well know, that first line finish. They're going to have to make their moves on the turn. They can't wait till the top of the stretch. I know that help, that hurts closers in general, but uh, I think it's a bit counterintuitive, Craig, because that means they're all making earlier moves and it could heat up the pace. So, it's a little bit tricky, right, Craig? It's, it seems to be. It seems like you really have to make your move going into the turn. Yeah. And I don't want to be hung out wide. So yeah. Lost Ark is going to have to tuck in early, but I think he's capable of doing that. And I think he could work out a pretty good trip. I guess yeah. I'd be more afraid if I was Carmel Road and he gets in or powerful because they have to send. Yeah. Actually, if Carmel Road gets in, I almost think that would – uh, help um, Lost Ark, but you know that he could get squeezed also with all these horses from the outside coming in. I don't know a lot of things. Paul, you've been very patient here. What do you want to add? You've got Instant Coffee and then Lost Ark, and then you have the three who we haven't mentioned, uh, Honed, who finished second last time to Curly Jack. Although my opinion, uh, Paul's that race sort of fell apart. The favorites didn't run well. I'm not a huge fan of the Iroquois, but uh, you know you could do worse than Honed at twelve to one. Yeah, well, it was just, you know, I, I think it's a pick up the pieces type of pick. Okay. But I, I, you know, I give Instant Coffee extra credit mainly for breaking from the inside in a seven furlong debut. Yeah. So the, the rail at seven furlongs is not easy for anyone. I think it's especially difficult for a first time starter. And, and this horse is pretty professional. You know, that's one of those Saratoga races you say, how the hell did Brad Clark just pay 2980 <laughs> Yeah. Uh, with, you know, so uh, I, I think, you know, and this is an Al Gold horse, obviously. I, I think this horse uh, uh, ran pretty well. Um, you know, that race, he was 14 to 1 in. Uh, one of the reasons is there was a 8 to 5 shot named Kruppi, who was a very highly regarded uh, Todd Pletcher horse. Uh, I think a, a, a Rapoli, yeah, Rapoli St. Elias horse. They paid some decent money for him. That horse took a lot of money, got going very late. He's been actually a disappointment. He's run yeah. third, but he was definitely one of the buzz horses of the yeah. two-year-olds at Saratoga. So I think that might might have attributed somewhat to this instant coffee going all the way to 14 to 1. You know, I don't love the fact that he was 14 to 1 last time and he's going to be 5 to 1 this time, and I'm going into that. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think the race is – not quite as wide open as the next one, but, uh, you know, I, I think you can go a lot of different directions. All right, let's get to the last race, guys. we got about about six or seven minutes for this race. Uh, Craig, oh. we'll show you your pick five, and then we'll get you going for the night. Really appreciate you coming on. Uh, the 10th race is the closeout leg of the pick five. It's the Coolmore Turf Mile. It's a grade one. This is another win, and you're in to qualify for the Breeders' Cup Mile 
and face what I hear is a pretty good horse in modern games uh, from Europe. We'll probably even money uh, in that race. What a great field here, Craig, of, of basically Americans here. It's a 12-horse field. More line favorite is the number seven, Santine, a horse I've been chasing way back since uh, fairgrounds in January for Brennan Walsh and Tyler Gaffleone. I'm going to go ahead and switch the picks right there. And, Craig, you are – up, oh, Paul, I put – why did I put money on your screen? What the heck was that? Hold on a second. Oh. I got that confused. I put – Craig to spend $45 in the race or something. I don't know. All right. Where, there we pick go. five, yeah. Pick five is $45. Okay, yeah. Uh, Craig, you're going with the number five. Is that correct? You're going uh, Mason? Am I uh, correct? Yes. How I looked at this race was, you know, I thought Casa Creed was coming off a big win – the last time out, but that was with a smaller field. And I think Mason gets a little bit of the edge here with a fuller field. And I do think with classic Causeway, smooth like straight, and some other speed horses in this race, I think Mason, uh, who does, you know, he, he's been running closer and near to the pace. He got a, a nice win when he dropped in class. But I think they're going to take back here and try to close late. I like the, the recent workouts. I like Flavian, and I like Chad Brown, and I like the 12 to one price, especially, uh, you know, he's been bet down a little bit the last couple of races. I guess I'd rather take one final shot here with him at 12 to one. Uh, go ahead and quickly talk about Santine and the number 12, who's a price shot in this race, set piece. Can you just touch on either one of those, Craig? Uh, yeah, you know, Santine was more just, uh, you know, I think he runs, he fits at this level. I think he's going to get bet down. I'm not sure he's going to win. I kind of like him more as a fade to win, but I think he can be in the money. Uh, but the set piece, you know, that that's more of a horse for course. I like the outside post position. I like the fact that he uh, he's ran competitively at the one mile distance, and he's usually a, a closer at that distance, whereas a mile and an eighth, he starts to make his move a little bit earlier in the stretch. So if, if he can get up in that final stride, this is the type of horse that if it's a blanket finish, I, I want him coming on the outside with Joel Rosario. Uh, you can't get a better finisher in the game, I would say, especially on the turf, Craig, than a set piece. And I looked at the source carefully. I'm going to use him defensively. Let's go to Paul. Paul, you've got the two. Smooth like straight. Who's what a cool horse this is. I mean, someone put it out on Twitter. Look at the buyers, guys. I mean, it's, who would not want to own this horse? 100, 105, 103, 103, 103. All this horse does is run. The issue I have, Paul, is all he does is run for second recently. He's got a bit of seconditis, but it, it's not as if he's losing a bunch of bumps either. Yeah, and he does have seven wins. You know, he is, you're right. He, he's on a little bit of a slump, but you, you know, if you look at it, uh, when he lost to Mo Forza, Mo Forza was running very well at the time. You know, he, he lost the, the maker's mark by a neck. He lost the Breeders' Cup mile. He, he lost a mile last year by a half of like the Space Force. So, you know, I, I, I think he's got a, uh, you know, I, again, I, I think this, this, I believe, is one of the most competitive stakes races I've ever seen. Because wow. I think the only horse I would say who can't win is the four, Gray's Fable. I think I could make a cogent argument for everyone else. Doesn't mean they're going to win, but uh, Emirati coming off uh, two wins in a row. Some like it hot brown, the New York bread. Granted, lower company, but still uh, 10 wins lifetime coming off two in a row. Annapolis for Pletcher. 
you know, again, stepping up from grade three, but coming off a big win. Uh, Santine, your guy, Howard, uh, two wins in the last three. Ivar, again, probably more of a board horse, but if the race falls apart, he can win. Mason, I agree with Craig. I like him. Order of Australia. You know, we've, we've yeah. seen that horse before. Classic Causeway, who's cutting back to a mile, but, you know, way better on turf than I thought he was, you know, going to be. And, you know, actually ran pretty respectably in those two races at Saratoga against Nation's Pride, who's a, who's a total monster. So I just think it's an ultra-competitive race, and it's the last leg of the pink pick five. If I'm alive, Howard, I'll just leave the TV and go to church. <laughs> and just pray that one of my five is having five is enough. I really do. I think it's an ultra competitive race. I, I hear you. Uh, Pete, let's quickly talk about the nine. You mentioned Casa Creed. Uh, let's see. You've got him on top. Paul's got him third. I honestly didn't know what to do with him in this race. I'll explain why briefly when you're done. He's very good right now. He's won 1.7 million. He's going to close. Uh, he fits, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I love this horse. It's just, it's one of my favorites to watch. And he's in, like you said, he's super sharp right now. You, you get the, the one Oh four, the one Oh four. They're not, they're not lifetime buyer tops, but they're pretty close to it, which is cool to see at six years old. So that's pretty awesome. And then I just think that there's enough pace in here. If they go, I mean, some like it hot Brown, smooth, like straight classic causeway, they all sort of run much better if they're on the lead and on, their only yeah. shot generally to win is on the lead. So yeah. hopefully they're fighting for that. And then this one just cleans it up. I had a stat, Bill Mott, 38% win, 62 in the money graded stakes at Keeneland over the past two years, obviously loves coming here. And then, I, I mean, I don't really have too much else to say. I just think this one's in form. Okay. I love the horse. Saez has been, Saez has seemed to just take into this horse really well since he got on, which I always like to see. You like to see that consistency um, and beat Regal Glory, who's an excellent horse, even though, you know, male, female, anybody cares yeah. about that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's a fantastic horse. And, and he sort of blew right by her down the lane. So yeah. hopefully the pace heats up and we can get this one closing. Casa Creed is very good. Uh, Jim, Jim Miller is waiting behind the scenes. Jim, if you can hear us, we'll be with you at approximately 810 to 8.15-ish, and we're going to be just finishing our pick five tickets. Maybe Jim Miller's got a pick five ticket for Keeneland <laughs> that he can throw out for us, because this is one hell of a sequence, and he knows how to find winners, so maybe uh, we'll ask Jim Maybe we'll ask Jim what his maybe favorite horse to bet at Keeneland uh, on Saturday is. I'll give him a little time to take a look at that if he wants to do that. Um, guys, here's my very quick opinion on this race. I like Santine a lot. I, I like the turn back. I think he's going to come from further back. You see earlier in his career, he was a closer, and he's found more tactical speed as they've gone longer. I think this mile is perfect for him. The 7-2, that's fine with me. I think Ivar is the best closer. He lost to the Breeders' Cup uh, turf mile favorite coming up. No shame in that. If you guys remember, I'm not going to show the replay. Ivar broke pretty slow in that race. So Ivar likes this turf course. I see no reason why he can't win. And then I just want to mention Or of Australia, written by, are we ready? Christoph Subilion. Do we want it? We don't want to go there, do we? <laughs> Paul, what are you doing, Paul? Don't elbow me, Paul. Look out. Uh, anyway, by the way, Christoph. I'm doing Subilion. my I'm doing my Sunny Leon. I mean my Christoph Subilion. Paul, don't get us in trouble. Jim Miller's not gonna come on the show if we're not nice to each other now. Um Christoph Subion, by the way, had a fantastic day on Arc Day. He's an excellent rider. I don't know what the hell happened. Uh, we're not going to get into it. Anyway, he's a very good rider. This horse can run well. Aiden O'Brien's not going to ship over Order of Australia for, for S's and giggles, guys. I've got this horse third. He should set a nice trip. I'm fascinated to see 
what he does. And he's, his form is certainly good enough to win this race. Guys, let's get on to the uh, pick fives, and we'll bring on uh, Jim Miller. Very Guys, we're going to go through this pretty quickly, all right, if you guys don't mind here. Uh, let me go to Craig's pick five. Let me take this off the screen. There we go. Okay, so Craig, um, I'm, we have to read this because, of course, we have people listening, Craig, later and can't see the screen. Craig's pick five, four, eight, with one, three, four, with five, with one, two, five, eight, ten, with five, seven, twelve. You are singling uh, Regal Glory. Craig, can you briefly talk about your ticket construction strategy for Saturday's late pick five? Uh, yeah, you know, I when, the way I looked at this pick five was I could either single Golden Pale or Regal Glory. Um, I decided to single Regal Glory and then take a 15 to 1 along with Golden Pale. Um, I just figure there's better shot there rather than gear jockey at 5 to 1. So I'm taking kind of the favorite and a long shot there, singling Regal Glory. For me, the spread race is the Breeders' Futurity. Uh, mainly yeah. because I think there's a lot of speed. So I tried to include a couple of potential closers there in case uh, something goes wild. And then the last race, uh, basically, I kind of just threw in a couple of shots. And then, you know, Santine, I like your cutback angle. And I, I think he could be tough at a mile. So I actually think his price is going to float up to like four to one, nine to two. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, you know, I, that's the type of horse I don't want to miss it or i don't also you know if set piece blows it up i do think we'll get 110 to one in the sequence so i included a couple of those but yeah my spread race is the breeders futurity uh fantastic craig any final thoughts again remind people where they can find you and then we'll uh let you go for the evening before we talk about our uh pick fives really appreciate you being on the show final thoughts craig about saturday or anything else uh, yeah, I thought it was a great card on Saturday. I think, uh, you know, always take a look at the cutback horses in these mile races and then also handicap that breeder's maturity for pace. I think that's that's how you're going to solve that puzzle. I agree. Craig Johnson, we really appreciate you being on the, on the show, sir. I still look forward to meeting you in person, maybe at Canterbury uh, next year. As you, I know we live in, you live in Minnesota, but good luck on Saturday. And good luck with the uh, Breeders' Cup. Thanks for coming on, Craig. Have a great night. All right, have an enjoyable evening. See you too, bye-bye. See you, Craig. All right, uh, thanks to Craig Johnson. Did a great job there, as always. Check him out on YouTube, guys. He's fantastic. Pete, your pick five. You've got four with one, two, four, seven. With four, five. With two, three, seven, ten. With six, seven, nine. $48. You are singling on the front end. Yeah, just go with the single of Golden Pal, and it's one of those where if, if he gets upset, then you you turn it into the roll it into the next pick four ticket. There I didn't want I, I like an Italian, so I went with an Italian and Regal Glory. I mean, it's hard to throw Regal Glory off a ticket. I agree with what Craig said that the Breeders' Futurity is really the spread race. I actually I think my first ticket was a lot deeper in that race. But I had to cut back to get under the 50. But I think going, you know, when I actually do my own ticket, it'll probably, I'll include definitely a few more there. And even the last race, I mean, I, I think that one, I agree with Paul. When I looked at it, I was like, oh my God, this is fantastic. Usually you see these horses spread out in graded stakes across other tracks, not necessarily all knocking heads during the season yeah. in one race. And I just fascinated by that one. But, you know, I sort of like Casa Creed a lot, so I'm going to stick with him right. and then not go too deep to, to keep the ticket reasonable. I forgot to mention, I, I like Casa Creed the horse. This race feels much tougher than the last race. I know Real Glory is good, but as a whole, like Paul said, there's like eight horses that can win. So I know Casa Creed can win, and Pete, I wish you luck. I hope he wins for you. 
I just think this is a much tougher spot than last time. I just want to. Sure, but it's that. also tougher for everyone else in it. So very much. So. I mean, in the end, that's what that's what you have to weigh no, in. No, absolutely. Uh, Paul, you're going four seven nine with three eight nine with five with five ten with two three six eight nine spreading mostly in the last race. Uncle Howard, of course, keeping it under fifty dollars for you. Uncle Cheapo, yes. Uncle Cheapo, <laughs> yes. That's, that's right. me. Uh, yeah, I, I'm taking, you know, I want to have a chance to hit it if Golden Pal gets beat. So I actually took two horses to beat him, which yeah. isn't, you know, a great strategy, but I, I'm not a caveman player anyway. Um, you know, you look back to that last race, Howard, Craig is obviously a very sharp guy. And, you know, yeah. I don't purport to be the smartest guy in the world, but I didn't get here yesterday. He and I, between us, have eight horses and we don't have one common horse. That is right. amazing. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. So, okay. I mean, so, yeah. you know, the race that I would have to go much uh, deeper on on the ABCs is that futurity. I'm only too deep in that race uh, just because of, you know, the restrictions placed on us by our cheap uncle. So yes. I had to keep under 50. So, yeah. uh, and uh, I did single Regal. In a caveman situation, I would single Regal Glock. Okay. Let's quickly go to my ticket, guys. I'm going for- – I'm going four deep to try to be going pal. Might be stupid. I'll say flat out. I just, I don't like turf sprints. And one of these days he's going to get beat. I don't know when. Maybe it's the Breeders' Cup. Maybe it's uh, Saturday. I'm going four, five, six, seven. With two, four, with five, with two, three, five, seven, ten, with three, six, seven. I'm also singling Regal Glory. But guys, I'm using in Italian as a B. And those are the only two I'm using. If technical uh, analysis- excuse me. Excuse me, Mr. Yep. Teacher. Yeah, yeah. I have your ticket coming out to sixty dollars. Eight times five is forty. Whoops. Okay, Wait, sixty dollars. I don't okay. know what's up with him today. Uh, well, hey, hey, Paul, do you see this uh, too? Uh oh, uh oh, that's a problem. You see that too, Paul? I mean, it's just going oh. haywire this week. We, well, we listen, take a night off, you Pete. Well, you wow. know he's he's doing three like what three four pods in a week. He's you know he's getting old, man. He can't guys, handle I, I'm, I'm too a much busy. activity. It's too um, much. I, we, 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 I love to, I love to choose more. We got to get to gym, guys. Uh, sorry, <laughs> it is over forty. It is over fifty. Um, let me close out by I'm singling Regal Glory. It's a great sequence. People can look on the screen there, and I just said it. Um, tomorrow's pick five. I had to go over, guys. Have you looked at tomorrow's late pick five? Oh, holy crap. That, that makes the Saturday late pick five look like a piece of cake. Tomorrow's right. late pick five, Friday, and I have a whole show on it, so everyone should check it out, is absolute <laughs> Trish, Trish. Yes, Trish, know. take it easy, I, Trish. My, Trish, my I won't meet you at Keelan. Trish, Trish, I will Trish, not meet you at Keelan if you keep giving me crap, Trish. Trish, Trish uh, that's, why, that's why I host the female. That's why I host the female and, handicapping show and not Howard. Any, anyway, guys, late pick five tomorrow is difficult. Are you guys going to stay on for Jim for the next 10 minutes, or do you guys want to need to go for the evening? No, I'll stay on for a little bit. I'm going to, Howard, I'm going to check out because I am still writing about the Pennsylvania great. Derby card, and I have to finish. Okay, thanks, Paul. Have a great night. Take care. See you, Paul. All right, Pete, let's bring on uh, a guy that I had actually, I actually didn't meet him last week, although he was all over the room. He was running all over the place and I was busy making bets. So I, I saw him. I'm sure I'll be meeting him in person very soon. Jim Miller, if you're not familiar with Jim Miller, ladies and gentlemen, does a fantastic job at Hawthorne. I don't even want to give him a title because he does like 10,000 different things. Um, I'm sure he'll tell us what he does there. You can find him mainly on the simulcast feed, uh, you know, interviewing jockeys and trainers after races and handicapping, doing all sorts of things. He was downstate, Pete, uh, in downstate Illinois this week also. I'll let you tell all about that. 
We are very happy to have Hawthorne Racecourse now as a sponsor of the HHH Racing Podcast. And in honor of that, we will have Jim Miller on for a good 10 or 15 minutes every uh, Thursday night through Thanksgiving. Let's bring him on right now uh, from Hawthorne Racecourse, the one and only Mr. Jim Miller. Jim, how are you doing tonight? Guys, yeah, you know what? We're going to have a lot of time to share a lot of stories from now through the end of the year. But, Howard, I, I felt really bad because – you were in the room. You were like two tables away from me on Saturday. I never knew what it was like to try to fill four and a half hours on YouTube when we were doing this <laughs> handicap and invitational. There were times where they're tossing to me. They're tossing somewhere else. People are running all over the place. You almost run out of breath by the end of the uh, show. But I'll tell you, it was a cool contest. I was a little surprised, Howard. You played in it, so we can talk about this briefly. I was yeah. surprised the winning total wasn't much higher based on the contest and some of the results that the winning total is just over $4,000. But what did you think? Well, obviously, we just suck as handicappers. I mean, <laughs> the, best, the best handicappers in the country. And I, as you know, I don't have to tell you, Chicago always represents because Chicago is loaded with handicappers. It was really weird, Jim, the contest, because the total was technically 4900 We don't have to get into all the details. Um, and I was actually sitting at Chris Larmy's table, who finished second but finished first. Um, I just think it was – the races were tough. There were some big favorites that didn't win. Uh, the last race, a lot of people were against the Grand Motion Horse. I'll admit, I like the six. I can't recall the name. I, uh, uh, the, I think the Ken McPeak Horse, you just didn't yeah, run yeah. Um, Yeah, and it was just one of those weird situations where the total wasn't as big, but congratulations to uh, Chris Larmy and also to yourself, uh, Jim and, and, and Emily and uh, Nancy and everyone who put on a great show um, for the contest. Jim, very quickly, let's talk a little bit about yourself. We have a lot of um, experienced handicappers who watch the show. We also do have a lot of uh, new um, uh, fans of horse racing that may not be too familiar with the Hawthorne simulcast feed and yourself. So very briefly, just the snapshot, the Cliff Notes version of what you do at Hawthorne and how you got into horse racing. All right, super Cliff Notes version. 30 years in the industry. Started actually at Arlington Park in 1993 in high school. I was 17 years old the first time I was on the air at Arlington Park. So it was one of those things where I looked a little bit older than I was, but I started at a very young age. So 27 years doing on-air analysis. I moved over to Hawthorne after the end of a minor league baseball career full-time in 2000. I've been at Hawthorne ever since. And it's one of those things, like you mentioned, among the jobs, it's on-air analysis, which is my favorite thing. I don't ever want to give that up, of course. Morning line, odds maker, backup track announcer. I've served as a clocker, a jockey agent, an owner, horseman's relations. I'm the treasurer of the United States Trotting Association, the president of the Racing Industry Charitable Foundation. And as you saw, uh, I decided to cart it five hours down to Ducoin uh, State Fairgrounds on Tuesday to call yeah. 13 county fair races. Where somehow miraculously, guys, I'm looking down on the racetrack and here comes Robbie Alvarado, uh, Riding by on a racehorse, getting ready to ride some county fair races. <laughs> Unbelievable. Awesome. Uh, by the way, Chris, you're going to see comments at the bottom of the screen, Jim, as we, yep. of course, you know, we're live. Christine Race wants to mention that you were great. Christine, thanks for watching the Hawthorne Invitational. I'm assuming, Jim, that everyone at Hawthorne was very happy with the way it turned out. When I say that, I'm talking about the production quality on YouTube. Yeah, and I'll tell you, it's one of those things. There's so much that goes into it. So it was really nice to have good guest hosts. Uh, Nancy Holthus and I have worked together for a very long time. We've been friends for 30 years. Bringing Emily Gullickson on board has been a really good thing because she's an experienced contest player. She's a very smart woman in the industry. She knows a lot of the players as well. So having her doing those interviews was something that was really top-notch. 
And what you find out is when you're doing things on the fly, like we noticed, we had a schedule of races. Well, we knew Gulfstream was going to drag. Belmont was going to stay on time. And it turned out that those two races actually flip-flopped. So you're going on the fly. But when you have a production team behind the scenes that is just really ready to go, and you have professionals that are able to just kind of make that audible and do it very quickly, they were able to do so. It turned out to be a great show. It is on our YouTube channel at Hawthorne Racecourse. So if you want to watch, even if you want to watch it, just kind of piece together. It was really cool to have cooperation from the other racetracks that participated for these races, allowing us to be able to show those races throughout the course of the day. And then just seeing kind of the progression and all these excellent players. I mean, Howard, you saw the room. Like you mentioned, you you have Hall of Famers. You have NHC champions. You have tour champions in there. It it was a stacked group. And I'll tell you, the the leaderboard moved quite a few times. And it was uh, one of those things where it came down to the last race. But it was a really fun contest. Yeah. And then there was me. In the room, uh, <laughs> I've had a few. I've had a few nice scores, but anyway, we, we don't hey, want to ha- talk about. How, we don't want to talk about me. Can I ask one quick question to piggyback off what Jim was talking about? Jim, from a preparation standpoint, how's a day like that so much different than maybe what a normal day is for you? Uh, a normal normal day for me is I'm getting ready in the morning. I'm going over to Hawthorne, and I'm I'm also in charge of making the call of on or off the turf. So I go and walk the turf course in the morning okay. before scratch time. So about four and a half hours before races, walk the turf, get a feel for where we are there go over the scratches for the day, make any final changes to my handicapping. And then on a draw day, which is our Sundays, I'll get ready for anything that has to do with the draw. Otherwise, it's just kind of last second prep on my handicapping end of things. On a day like this with a contest day, it was a little different because I was having to pre-record all my in-house stuff the day before with the hopes that we didn't have any scratches. So I pre-recorded all of that. Then you go through the preparation and just meeting with everybody to get ready for the show flow and get ready for what you want to do throughout the course of the day. And for those of you that watch the Hawthorne Signal, a lot of times it is. I'm I'm a one-man show at times, and Hawthorne's under construction right now. So there's days I'm running from the fifth level of the press box all the way down to the turf course so I can do a hit on the turf course and try to give everybody a little bit of an experience of what's going on behind the scenes as well at Hawthorne and just kind of let everybody know that, hey, we're out here. We're back. We're racing for a year straight for thoroughbreds and trying to bring everybody kind of back to the signal too. Jim, maybe one time I can go, you'll let me go on the turf course and I will use a going stick like they use at Keeneland and see how deep the uh, grass is there. But anyway, Jim, let's get on. There's two main topics I want to talk to you about specific to Hawthorne. One is the fantastic stake schedule uh, that they have there uh, that you guys have. And the other is the contests that are coming up, especially at Thanksgiving. I'm going to go ahead and bring up uh, the, the um, Aquabase of this uh, weekend steak race. It's the Illinois Princess Stakes. I'm going to bring it up. The Illinois bread program, as we all know, um, has struggled a bit over the years. But there's still some very good horses. There's excellent trainers. And I think based on what uh, the Carey family is doing at Hawthorne, you're going to see improvement in the Illinois bread program in the years to come, I would hope. Let's go ahead and uh, bring up right now the um, – Illinois Princess. We're not going to show the PPs, guys, but this is the Aquabase. You can see this is Saturday's steak race. The post time is about 5.13 at Hawthorne. It's for Illinois breads. It's Philly and Mares. Nice purse of $75,000. They're going a mile 16th on the turf. You can see it's a very big field there. Jim, the morning line favorite is the three, KDM Lady for Michelle Boyce, who I don't know if you can say she's underrated, Jim. I've always been a big fan of Michelle Boyce. Julio Felix uh, in the saddle. She's uh, this horse is three to one morning line. Jim, how do you see quickly for people that might be interested in betting that race? How do you see it developing on Saturday? I had an incredibly hard time making the line on this race only because 
Katie Milady is the horse who figures wise is very tough. But the last time this horse raced was in this race last year. And it was a second place right. effort. But like you mentioned, Michelle Boy, she is an absolutely tremendous trainer. Off the layoff, she, she wins at a 30% clip off a long layoff. But wow. she's got two in here. And the one you have to watch out for, I think, is her other one. That's the six horse, Cat Attack. Cat Attack is a horse that has a little bit more of a recency edge. Horse that won over the Hawthorne Turf Course earlier on in the meet. And guys, we haven't had a whole lot of rain here in the Chicagoland area over the course of the last month. So the Hawthorne Turf is very firm. When this turf course is very firm, speed holds very well over the course of the turf. Yes. So you want to look for some of those that can show some speed. Lip liner can show speed. Cat attacks probably a little bit of a stronger horse in here. But guys, you talk about very good trainers here, and they have Illinois bred horses. Trainer Chris Block has two in here. He has Beyond Proper. He has uh, the horse on the outside there in Trail Ridge Road who's lightly raced. This is a guy who has won with Illinois bred horses, open horses all across the country for graded stakes races. And that's what makes this race even tougher. Yeah. I thought there was a lot of speed in the race. Again, we don't, we're not going to show the PPs today, Jim, and then we don't uh, have the time to do that, unfortunately, but I, people need to check this race out. I'll be looking for a closer uh, because it looks like there is a lot, there's actually sprint speed too, Jim. So this horse is stretching out in this race. Um, I think th this horse, this race might develop into a pretty quick early pace. We'll just have to see. But very quickly, Jim, talk about some of the other stakes. You got the Pizza Man stakes. I wonder who that's named after. Uh, I have a story about the Pizza Man, Jim. I'll save it for another show. I, I love the horse. I, let's just say I didn't like that he won that day. I'll, I'll just leave it. I'll leave it at that. But anyway, um, then you've got the Powerless stakes, the Lightning Jet. I mean, you guys have stakes all the way beyond Thanksgiving for Illinois breads. Uh, and there are some very good ones. One that came to mind back in the past, Pete. Pete, do you know a horse called Polar Expedition? Won the bluegrass at Keeneland. Jim, I don't know the year. I think we're probably not that far away from ages. I don't know. I've never asked yeah. your age. Yeah, it's Jim Robertson trained horse, yep. But Polar Expedition, right, won the um, bluegrass at Keeneland. As an Illinois he was a speed horse. Wire, wire speed I believe, too. correct? Yeah, he was, he was a speed horse. He was a very yeah. cool horse. Um, we're definitely going to have to talk about the pizza man because he's near and dear to me because I did have a short stint <laughs> working for Midwest Thoroughbred. So okay. I know a whole lot about the pizza man. So we'll talk about that maybe right. in the uh, coming weeks. But yeah, the one thing about the stakes program, guys, that we do want to mention, you're right. Illinois is trying to rebuild right now. You don't have Arlington Park. You don't have Sportsman's Park. Hawthorne is lifting the load. The one thing we want to do, we didn't want to take things away from the Illinois horsemen. So sacrifices had to come. They came with the open stakes first and foremost because you wanted to keep the overnight program for those that support your program each and every day. So Illinois bread stakes are back. You saw the Hawthorne Derby was last week. That was back. The next races that are going to come back will be the Hawthorne Gold Cup and the Illinois Derby, two very sure. prominent races that have had very good horses come out of them. But for right now, the focus is on those Illinois bread horses, trying to keep that program strong and definitely build it moving forward. Yeah, we need to get that Hawthorne Derby back for three-year-olds because uh, that was always a big – it was actually a points race at one time. We don't yeah. want to – I know we don't want to get into that discussion. But anyway, um, I'm sure we're going to see it uh, coming back at some point. Jim, let's talk very quickly, and then we appreciate your time, and thanks for your uh, patience before you came on. Uh, contest. I'm a big contest player, as you well know, because I was there uh, Saturday. I love live money contest. I'll be competing in the BCBC in Lexington next month. Um, they had a, had a great time there. Hawthorne, ladies and gentlemen, does a fantastic job with their live money contest. Very quickly, this Thanksgiving weekend, yeah. on Friday, they have a $300 bankroll. Then on Saturday and Sunday, they have a $500 bankroll tournament. And the great thing about – there's two great things I love about these tournaments, Jim. Number one, there is no entry fee. 
Those right. $300 and $500, ladies and gentlemen, that's real money that you can bet. There is none of that partial money going into a pool, a uh, prize pool. That is the money you get to play. And the open format, Jim, and I know you'll expound on yep. this, you can bet win, play, show. Okay, no big deal, right? You can bet pick fours. You can bet horizontally pick fives. You can bet supers. You can bet any track, literally any track that's running between what, a, a post time of like 1030 and I think California, four o'clock. Right, anyone who wants to try to get in the NHC, uh, you don't have to be living in the Chicago area. Of course, you do have to be there in person. If I lived in Kentucky or anywhere in the Midwest or I had family that lived in Chicago, I absolutely would drive or fly in Thanksgiving weekend and find a Hawthorne OTB and sign up and play one of these contests to try to get to the NHC because, Jim, you're not going to get a better deal. At this point. Yeah, and the thing about it, guys, it's over the course of three days, there's 10 NHC seats on the line. And like you mentioned, when it's a live money bankroll, and we do it over the course of six different OTB locations so people can spread out, get comfortable, pick their best location. The live money format is, I think, the thing that really shows handicap and ability the best. People have different circuits that they focus on. Well, we want them to come to our contest. But if you focus on New York or Kentucky and you couldn't play those races at ours, you may not come. We want people to play where they are comfortable. Multi-race wagers are the, the, the way people play races. Pick fours and pick fives are my favorite wagers. These can be played in the contest. But like you mentioned, it's not an entry fee. Play it like you would play your day of races and then see if you're in contention and you have that ability to win. Maybe you push a little bit more later on in the contest, but you can have a great day. You can make a couple thousand dollars. And even if you don't win the contest, it's not lost money for that $500 entry fee. You're still taking that couple thousand dollars and heading home. And that's the cool thing about the contest too. You can play it like you would a day at the races. If you're going to come out there and play a few hundred bucks, it's worth getting into the contest. Maybe you hit a few wagers. Maybe you have one of those days where nobody has that big score and you're in contention for one of those NHC seats. And that's what we like to put out there. We want to make it as real as possible for what it is for a day at the races. And that's what we do really well with those contests. Well, Jim, last year, I'm a horizontal player in general, although I do play more vertically in these Hawthorne contests. Last year, I decided to, you know, I'm going to spend 500 and play a pick five. And yeah. I hit for like 27.50. And I was already at the top of the leaderboard in the first, you know, hour and a half, two hours. So you can play that way. You cannot play that way. And if you're a poker player, Jim, there's always that rebuy option if things yeah. go to crap on that $500 win bet that people might throw out there. So uh, the hospitality, by the way, Jim, fantastic. Yeah, at Crazy Poor at Oak Brook. If you're in Chicago, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not in Chicago, please look into that. Jim, the hospitality at all these OTBs that Hawthorne runs is fantastic as well. Yeah, it is. It's a great staff. They do a great job with the contest. We are. We're very customer friendly. If anybody ever wants to get a hold of me, they can get a hold of me at Twitter at Hawthorne Gym. They can contact me via email, see me in the paddock, whatever. See me walking on the turf, wave me down. I'll stop by and answer whatever questions you want. But uh, it is. It, it's it's the cool thing, guys, about working at a family racetrack. You feel like your family, and that's one of those things. You want to try something, they let you try it. And that's the reason I think we've been successful with these contests and a lot of the things that we're doing. Well, the carries do a great job. Final thought before we let you go, Jim. Do you have a horse at Keeneland for everyone? Do you have Santine. Looked at Yeah, Santine. I like Santine in the Arlington Million. It was a killer watch in the Arlington Million at Churchill Downs ah. for me because I've seen Arlington Millions in person. Um, but Santine ran a really good race there. I think the way the race sets up puts this horse probably three, four lengths off the pace. I thought I was going to see five to two, three to one in the morning line. So seeing seven to two and you think you're going to get four to one, on a horse that's just ultra consistent. It's a really good card, but Santine is the route that I'm going to go. 
I agree with you, Jim. Jim, thanks a lot. We know it's been a long day for you. We look forward to having Hawthorne as an official partner and sponsor of the show, and we look forward to talking to you again uh, next Thursday about Hawthorne Racecourse. Have a great night. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, Take care. You got it, guys. Let's talk Take about care, the Jim. pizza man sometime, guys. Uh, <laughs> we'll do that. Thanks a lot, Jim. Bye-bye. All right, guys. Take care. All right. He's a great guy. I'm so happy to have him as a sponsor. Uh, Pete and people are, by the way, he has that great baritone voice too. I mean, what a yeah. great announcing. Yeah, that's your awesome. voice is great too. Mine's <laughs> uh, okay, but so there's something about his voice. And by the way, he's about six five too, so he's a tall guy. Um, Pete, do you ever, if, if you say no, that's okay. I'm sure you play Hawthorne a little, maybe dabble in it. They really have nice uh, stake races, and you know, they have big fields and the turf course speed. I know a lot of people don't follow it. They have a very nice turf course, and I'm not just saying that because I live in Chicago or because they're a sponsor now. It's lush. The weather's been great here in Chicago. It's like Laurel. It's like underratedly good fields and big and good turf course. Yeah, I've I've played it spotty. I don't play any consistently. But I the one thing I did know, and and I don't know if this is consistent across the meet consistently, but I I like I thought it was fair the few times I played it too. So I thought you can get horses from different positions in the race, which you know some tracks you don't. Some tracks are very specific bias wise. And I thought Hawthorne was fair. And again, I don't know if that's consistent across the meet, but it has been the times that I've played it. Yeah, well, I recommend people check out Hawthorne if you're not playing it. Pete, any final thoughts for Keeneland? Anything you're going to focus on? Are you going to play anything tomorrow, Friday? Are you going to focus on the pick five on Saturday? Any horse you think you want to key around? Just and any, are you looking at? Have you looked at anything in San Anita, New York? You got the, uh, I mean, the Joe Hirsch on on on, on turf in New York, a, a horrendous Vosper that I don't even want to talk about because <laughs> that field site that field is ridiculous. But a, any thoughts in general? There's what, like 25 winning your ends this weekend? Or something yeah, like so far I've only looked at Keeneland. I, I do think so because I was thinking to join in the show that you did on whatever night that was, Tuesday night, I started to look at that Keeneland pick five tomorrow. And in the first race, I, I you and I agreed, I, I think, with the top three horses and I had a 15 to one shot. So I'm like, well, if I have a 15 to one shot, I like on top and it looks like a pretty deep sequence, might be one to jump in. But the Saturday <laughs> sequence that we went over tonight is fantastic. Great races. I haven't looked at the other tracks in detail yet, so I need to dig into those as well. But I'm definitely be playing this this pick five that we talked about today because it's it's fantastic, especially leading into that last race, which I think is phenomenal. Yeah, tomorrow, Chris Block, knock your socks off. Nick Tamro's got her at thirty to one. That's my uh, what is it? Kiddo Don? Kiddo Don? Was that your Kiddo Don? Yes, that's my that's my Kiddo Don. Of the weekend, although with Flavian Pratt on board, I think she's pretty more like 15 to one, but uh, that would be a nice horse. That's in the Jessamine, uh, by the way. Uh, yeah, Moira is running very That's a good one, too. Yeah, uh, and she's gonna be running. They weren't running in the QE, too, but they decided to go to that spot. Uh, Pete, it's gonna be a great weekend. Really appreciate you having uh, on the show. And of course, we're live, right, Pete, this Saturday for Keith. Yep. We'll see everybody on Saturday. Hope everyone listening or watching tonight joins us for the live show. We'll be on for to watch all these great races live, and we can do some reactions. Absolutely. For my co-host, Pete Visco, this has been Howard Kravitz, episode 187 of the HHH Racing Podcast. Please join us 4.30 to 6 p.m. Eastern this Saturday. Live coverage right here of the three grade ones at Keeneland. Good luck, everyone, this weekend on your bets. Have a great night. Take care. Bye-bye.